Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell is a very, very fundamental book to understand psychology, persuasion, and fundamentally how we view success. Today, we're going to dive into the main concepts. This is a fairly meaty book, and I've analyzed multiple of his books. Basically, here at the Modern Academy, what we do is I read a book a day, and I extract different lessons, different practical things that you can apply to improve your life and hopefully improve the, the world. And I truly believe it's, it's at the level of the individual that we can improve the world. You know, people like Jordan Peterson, Joe Rogan really preach these different concepts. And I truly believe that, you know, it is at the level of each individual that we can change the world, hopefully to a better place. And understanding these different frameworks, these basically um, archetypal concepts that apply no matter what you're doing in life is so, so important. So let's dive right in. So in the Western world, we kind of have this false idea. We believe in this myth of the quote unquote self-made man. And before you go, whoa, wait, I'm self-made. You know, a lot of people say that. I would say that, or I used to say that because, you know, I I run a business. I'm fairly young. Um, I live in the United States. But All of these things, basically what Malcolm Gladwell teaches us is they're all relative. You know, none of us are really self-made. There's all these factors that are actually situational that we overlook. Things like relative age, starting age, upbringing, birthplace, geography, cumulative age. And all these different things play a massive, massive role in creating outliers. And outliers are really just people who achieve something that are statistically extraordinary. So people that break away from the crowd, people that really stand out, you know, you've probably heard of outliers, but uh, that's why this is such a powerful book. And before we kind of dive into why this is a myth, you know, a couple of books I do highly recommend that I've reviewed by him are Blink, um, Blink, The Tipping Point and Talking to Strangers. Besides this book, um, I all have. The one that I'm going to have yet to do a series on is Talking to Strangers, his newest book. And then, um, you know, a book that I've considered getting by him is What the Dog Saw. And so let's dive into where this myth comes from and why we have it. Well, what it really comes down to is something called the fundamental attribution error, which I think I did an episode on a while back, maybe a couple months ago. And it's, it's a very interesting concept. And I was just starting to kind of wrap my head around it back then, but this book really pushes it um, to the forefront. And uh, when it's different concepts like these, this, different like mental concepts, different mental models that I really think are archetypal, meaning meaning that they apply in any situation, you know, you can kind of break life up into uh, wealth, love, happiness, health. And you could say, you know, these concepts of these fundamental attributionary, you know, these Rumsfeld matrix, all these different kind of like strategic thinking models apply in all aspects of life. Some apply better in one than the other, but fundamental attributionary is so important to understand. And let me explain this. And if you don't understand it, I can go further into it. So it's basically our innate tendency to overlook situational explanations for a person's behavior while focusing on personality-based or dispositional factors. Now, it may sound like a lot. This is not, 
university where they just bore you and talk about dumb concepts like this, where they don't actually teach you the importance of it. That's one of the issues with the education system is they just tell you to memorize these concepts, tell you to understand them, but they don't tell you why it's important to understand this. Well, if you don't understand fundamental attribution error, you're going to go your whole life seeing things in an altered way. You need to see things how they actually are. You need to see things, you know, that we have this innately in us and all humans have fundamental attribution error. So before someone judges somebody, before you make a decision, before you make a judgment, go, wait, am I following under this fallacy? Am I following under this error of fundamental attribution error? And again, let me break this down. So it's our tendency to overlook situational explanations for a person's behavior, meaning situational explanations would be things like upbringing, um, societal influence, friends, past events, um, uh, age, geography, all these different things, all these basically any influences in someone's life that they didn't choose. They didn't choose these things. Nobody chooses where they're born. Nobody chooses um, who they're born into, who their parents are. Nobody chooses what religion their parents are. All these different things that that person didn't choose. And oftentimes we overlook these and really just focus on the personality base or the dispositional factors. And if you don't understand what dispositional means, let me break that down for you really quick. So basically it means quality of character, habit, perception, or state of readiness, or the tendency to act in a specific way that may be learned. So, you know, a lot of people... We, for example, the self-made thing, you know, we, we tend to attribute that to if somebody self-made to, oh, you know, they, their disposition was uh, that they were just hardworking or they, they um, you know, they were good at networking or they were good at business. Well, these are all factors that do play a role, but it's kind of just the tip of the iceberg. You know, you're, it's, it's like if you're just measuring the iceberg from the water up. What people, do, uh, hopefully you understand, is icebergs are massive. <laughs> they go to basically the bottom of the ocean. Like, that's how they're formed. And uh, they're much larger on the bottom half than the top half. And, like, underwater than above water. And it's the same for this, you know, for a fundamental attribution error. It's the situational explanations that are much actually larger implications of if somebody even has the criteria to become an outlier. For example... Um, somebody born, you know, in let's, okay, let's just break this down. So in the 2000s, or let, actually, let's say the, uh, let's just say the 80s. So they would be 20 around the, the, like breaking into the 2000 era, you know, kind of in the 90s, there was this tech, tech bubble, and uh, it would be hard for someone. So let's say somebody born in the 2000s, their parents were living in California, um, or sorry, somebody born in the 80s, their parents lived in California, they grew up in their 20s, they got into Silicon Valley, started a tech company, now they're a multimillionaire. Easy example to take. But now let's take someone the exact same age, just to keep you know those two um, variables, the, two constants the same, but have one variable, and that variable will be where they were born. So this other person is born in, let's say, um, Nepal. Just an example. And they were raised in a town where there was little to no education. Their family were farmers. 
they worked to feed themselves. They didn't really work to save. They didn't really work to, uh, to invest. They worked to stay alive. And two people born in the same age, you know, they, they could both be hard. You can't say the person born in Nepal is less hardworking than the person born in California. So it's, it's this type of thing where we, we really attribute these things to, to these factors that actually aren't necessarily the most important things. These things are important when you're put in the right situation, but first you have to have you know, the, the base of the iceberg. You have to have the fundamental um, base of what's going, you have to have the framework going into things. And a lot of people just skip over this and go straight into um, you know, these, these uh, dispositional factors. And this is really the primary reason that our culture really celebrates the myth of the self-made man. This is a very popular myth, and it's actually perpetuated by our um, culture's obsession with the individual. So we're so focused on um, you know materialistic things, how this person has a private jet, how that person has a Gucci bag, how this person has a mansion, how that person has a Lamborghini. None of those things matter. That's an obsession with the individual. What matters is the collective, the group. And the meaning, you know, pursue what is meaningful, not what is expedient. One of my favorite rules in the 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson. So, outliers are people who achieve something statistically extraordinary. We understand this and we're moving forward knowing about the basically myth of the self-made man and fundamental attribution error. That's really what this book's about is analyzing those situational um, factors that play a massive, massive role in if somebody could become a... Uh, outlier or not. And one interesting thing that Gladwell talks about in this book is uh, studies in world-class mastery uh, showed that you need a critical maximum amount of time. And the rule of thumb for this is uh, 10,000 hours. And you hear this rule a lot. A lot of people kind of talk about it and it is very true. But the key is here that, um, you know, not all hours are equal. <laughs> Not all hours are made equal, which is interesting. So time, obviously, everybody has the same time of the day, but it's how you utilize that time. So if somebody spent 10,000 hours, but were you know, multitasking at the same time, checking Twitter, checking Instagram, their mind was all over the place versus someone that had hyper-focused, laser-like focus on the task at hand in the bigger picture. Well, who would have a more beneficial 10,000 hours? So the important thing here is to realize you can have a much better 10,000 hours by multiple things. But first of all, understanding that if you want to master something, ideally, you want to uh, strive to make this work satisfying. And the three key factors to do this are autonomy, complexity, and connections between effort and reward. Very, very interesting. So all those three factors play a very large role, and uh, it's kind of something interesting to, uh, to think about. So moving on, relative age, skill threshold, starting age, upbringing, and birthplace all play a massive role in creating outliers. And again, these are all situational factors. So relative age, um, skill threshold, meaning like uh, height, weight, um, intellectual ability, these things, which some of them can be changed. You know, weight obviously can be changed. Intellectual ability can be changed, even though people think you can't change it. But things like height, I mean, 
if we're talking about uh, like a basketball player, for example, most likely if somebody was born with dwarfism, um, they're not going to play in the NBA, right? We can all agree to that. And if if somebody was, uh, oh, let's just say, I, that, that's a good example. You know, if, if somebody's short, they're probably not going to play in, um, you know, at the NBA. And uh, starting age, you know, when they actually started the 10,000 hours working to mastery on whatever they were working on, upbringing, you know, were their parents extremely supportive? Were their parents, uh, apologies for the yawn, were their parents extremely negative, always tearing them down? Birthplace, back to that Nepal versus California example. And uh, all these things play a massive role in creating outliers that we often overlook due to the fundamental attribution error that we touched on. Just kind of rewind in your mind, what's that fundamental attribution error? Remember, it's our innate tendency to overlook situational explanations for a person's behavior while focusing on personality-based or dispositional factors. Disposition, basically meaning the habits a person has built up, the learned skills. So, Cultural legacy also plays a vital role in outliers. We can help more people work towards success and away from failure by recognizing the importance of cultural legacy. Very, very interesting. Um, You know, this book actually laid out an interesting study on that, why people from the East are much better at math than people from the West. And this is, uh, he basically did an interesting study on um, especially Chinese culture in the East, um, their ancestors grew up working on rice paddy farms. And there was, uh, there's basically a much larger tendency for um, Eastern students to, to work through hard problems where um, Western students would just give up. And uh, especially in like, if we're studying like China versus America, I just say East versus West, so nobody gets offended. But we can create more opportunities for people to succeed by identifying uneven playing fields. Um, basically, when they, why they exist and building systems to create a quality of opportunity. Not a quality of outcome, but a quality of opportunity. Everybody should have the same opportunity, especially, you know, like at birth. And basically, my synthesized lesson from this book was no man is an island. Our obsession with the individual and fundamental attribution error leads us to believe in the myth of the self-made man or person. Extraordinary, 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 sorry, I kind of messed up on that word. Extraordinary success follows an unlikely chain of circumstances and opportunities that allow for success of an outlier. The person has to act and commit to mastery to actually capitalize on the circumstances for them to achieve uh, true success. Practical intelligence, amongst other things, greatly helps with this process. Very, very important. So if you enjoyed this episode, please pick up a book of this, um, a copy of this book by Malcolm Gladwell, this book, Outliers. Um, Support the author, he's a great, great author. He also, also wrote Tipping Point, Blink, and Talking to Strangers. Thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a view and subscribe. We do three episodes a day here at the Modern Academy, one five, one ten, one fifteen minute episode, basically extracting knowledge from ancient wisdom and modern um, science to bring to you guys. So again, thank you for listening and until next time.